hello everyone. Um, we are here with um, the basketnews.com team to discuss the round one action from Olympic basketball. We are about to get you covered about what you might have missed, but first we introduce our team for this. Um, here, uh, Ritis Vishnevuskas, um, the sports commentator and also one of the Urbanus podcast hosts. And we have uh, Yorgos Kriakidis, um, basket news staff writer, and I myself, uh, Uygar Karaja, also um, a contributor uh, at Basket News and also a sports commentator. So um, the Olympic basketball have started with a bang. And what was that? I mean, Luka Magic, um, he just uh, made a spectacular game. He made a spectacular Olympic debut with 48 points and tied for the second highest total in men's basketball history uh, in the games. And Slovenia um, easily won against Argentina. Ritis, you were on the commentator's box, so how are your impressions? How was that? Well, it was an early morning game, but really from the very beginning, when he hit those three consecutive uh, three-point shots, uh, it woke me up. And uh, it was really a masterclass. And I would say that if he really wanted to break Oscar Schmidt's record, he would definitely have done that because uh, he was taken out of the game like with four minutes and 35 seconds left, I believe. And he had 48 points. And I do believe that he didn't even know about the record. Just after the game, he got those questions and, and he responded uh, sincerely saying that he doesn't care and, he, and he's just here to help the team and to try to win and do some big things with Slovenia. So uh, I was expecting something big from him, but not a 31-point first half because, you know, uh, still this is like a Tiba game. Uh, and you know he's going to dominate. He knows... The differences between FIBA and the NBA, everything is really easy for him. But 31 points in the first half, I was like shocked. In the third quarter, let's say he was saving some more energy, giving out some assists to Mike Toby and other guys. And then in the fourth, he once again started scoring. It was also, I would say, an amusing performance because, for example, in the fourth quarter, he got nervous because Patricio Garino was kind of getting under his skin. So he just went to the half-court half line and took an offensive foul, saying to the referee, yeah, I pushed him. I just wanted to push him, you know, wanted to prove a point <laughs> to the guy. And Team Argentina, they were trying everything. Like in the first quarter, they started with Patricio Garino on, on Doncic, and he was not letting him drive in the paint. He was forcing those step-back three-pointers, but he was hitting him. And then they switched. They tried uh, Leandro Balmaro. He got some fouls. Then they tried Luca Vildosa. It was too hard for him. He he he's he couldn't handle Luca in the post. In the third quarter, they went to, to Gabriel Deck because I was expecting they're gonna do that. Gabriel Deck has a big body. He's very physical, but still, Luca Doncic found a way. He was just just unstoppable. Like Sergio Hernandez, uh, Argentina coach said. Before the game, maybe he still had some doubts whether Luka is the best player in the world right now. But now he is sure that 100% Luka Doncic is the best player in the world right now. Because let's say the American superstars, they need some time to adjust to the FIBA rules, different type of basketball. Luka doesn't need that. For, from the first possession, he was dominating and it was just amazing to watch. And another thing that having him controlling the game, controlling the tempo... 
Slovenia in, the, in a 40-minute game has possessions like in a 48-minute NBA game, and it ends with the score 118-100. It's really amazing, and maybe perhaps uh, it's um, it's a favor uh, favorable matchup for them to play veteran teams like Argentina and Spain that cannot really run with them. Even though Luka Doncic is not like running a lot, but he's controlling the tempo so well, and he is surrounded uh, with shooters like uh, Prepelic, Blažić, and all these other guys. Mike Toby playing in those pick and pop situations. Another thing I would add that Luka was good on defense as well. He had some blocks, some great rebounds, and he was just all over the place. So I'm really impressed and excited to see what Luka Doncic is going to do more in this tournament. Yeah, for the record, uh, that's Olympic record um, held by Oscar Schmitz um, in 1988. Um, that was a game that Brazil lost, actually. Um, so Luka Doncic's um, second best um, performance, equaling the second best performance uh, in that sense, is also uh, special. Um, and he uh, equaled the performance of um, an uh, Australian guy, Eddie Palobinskas, uh, who had 48 um, for Australia in 1978 games, uh, 76 games, sorry. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, you summarize it very well. So, um, it's just not Luca, I think, but the surrounding guys were also great. And his understanding with um, Mike Toby and their collaboration was uh, particularly, I think, impressive um, for that matter. So, um, Slovenia. Uh, won very easily against the World Cup fin uh, finalist Argentina, but the surprise of the day uh, was the previous day was maybe France winning against the USA. Um, it was a shocker for some people, but not for Greg Popovich, of course. Um, Greg Popovich uh, disliked that word um, surprise. Well, I think um, that was a surprise because every time. Every time USA um, losing an Olympic game, um, I guess it's a surprise. Um, of course, we have to respect for all the teams that are playing, but this USA team is playing 144 Olympic games, and um, it's the sixth time they lose, and um, only fourth time after the Dream Team came, and first time after 2004, which ended a 25-game Olympic streak. So, money, uh, figures tells a lot, um, but how did it happen? Um, well, first of all, um, France, I guess, um, showed their physicality. Um, they dominated the rebounds, and they dominated the 50-50 balls, and they somehow managed to score from those broken plays, which really hurt USA uh, in the critical moments. Um, and the individual performances were really different. Okay, uh, let's make some fair. Let's do some fair to um, United States because, well, this team uh, have only two players from uh, uh, the previous World Cup uh, in 2019, uh, Chris Middleton and Jason Tatum. So the team gathered together, but it's almost every time like this. So uh, it shouldn't be a big problem. Um, in comparison with France, um, the, the French team has many guys who were playing uh, in the previous World Cup, which uh, where they managed to beat USA. Um, also, of course, there are not stars like 
LeBron James, Stephen Curry, and James Harden. But and also Brad Lebeer had to go, uh, and he couldn't join the team. Uh, but still, um, this USA team had big problems in, in offensive spacing, and at one point, uh, despite all, they were leading by seven, uh, three minutes remaining, and that's the most surprising uh, part for me because Nando De Colo, who is not very well-known defender or who is not known for his defensive skills in Euroleague, managed to um, force mistakes. Uh, the USA guys. I mean, uh, Damian Lillard could have used those mis- mismatches, those um, uh, switches, because he was matching with uh, Mustafa Fall or uh, Vincent Poirier. He's much faster. He could uh, just dribble in and attack the rim. Uh, same goes with Devin Booker, same goes with Chris Middleton, same goes with Jason Tatum, but they never did that. Uh, so they couldn't offensively organize themselves uh, very well. And it was Juro Holiday that um, carried them up to uh, a point. Uh, but in the end, uh, French uh, players and French team, I guess, uh, got a really, really well-deserved win. Uh, what do you think, guys? Were you surprised or were you kind of expecting this uh, sort of a uh, competition, let's say. Yorgos? Um, you know, no, no. Um, uh, the competition was to be expected, I guess. Um, if there is any solace for the U.S. basketball team right now is that they still have chances ahead of them to salvage, let's say, their Olympics. Okay, it's the first game. I get it. Uh, we've seen them play friendly games uh, in the past. We've seen them lose um, to Nigeria, for example. Um, I don't go along with uh, you know with Coach uh, Popovich and ESPN analyst Tim Legler calling the US defeat a wake up call. Uh, I think that the alarm clock uh, went off for when Team USA lost that game to Nigeria and Australia, the friendly games I mentioned earlier. I agree that there's some room for improvement, yes, but given the time limitation, uh, that room is minimal. Uh, maybe the US are lacking a true point guard. They just have Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, for that matter. Uh, right now, I'm not sure if there's uh, a ball distributor, let's say, uh, um, a true point guard that will get uh, all, uh, all guys involved. You know? um, and another thing is that um, Coach Popovich has linked his name uh, to the 2004 disaster for Team USA. He was under Coach Larry Brown at that time. It was a seventh place, place uh, finished uh, two years ago at the, at the FIBA Basketball World Cup. Uh, in China, uh, and now uh, he seems to struggle a bit with this roster. Uh, I'm not sure he has found uh, a way to combine the players of that quality and that uh, caliber. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, France, okay, Rudy Gobert is a star. Uh, Ivan Fournier, Nick Batum, our names all the world uh, has uh, is familiar with. And Nando De Colo played a little bit in the NBA and has been awesome year in and year out uh, in the EuroLeague. Very well-known names uh, in the basketball world, all all around, I would say. Uh, and uh, Team USA has to do much better in order to uh, live up to expectations and um, be a viable candidate for a medal, not the gold one, um, but any medal in general. If well, it is. Yeah, if yeah, I may please. add, uh, I was surprised with a few things. Well, first of all, uh, the amount of open or semi-open shots that the Americans missed. And these were elite shooters like Kevin Durant, like Damian Lillard, uh, like Devin Booker, I believe his soul left planet Earth after the game six in Milwaukee and never came back. 
I mean, he flew with uh, Holiday and Middleton to Japan. Maybe they need some more time. Okay. But they really had some great opportunities, great shots, which they just didn't hit, which uh, was surprising, especially that sequence in the end of the game when they were down by two. And they four, missed like four five, shots. four, yeah. four in a row. Yeah. And these were good shooters. These were good shots, but they just couldn't make them. Okay. So that's one thing. Uh, second thing, you mentioned it, like the 50-50 balls. It seemed like the French players wanted it more. And it's very well illustrated with Yabusele diving for that ball and just pushing it to Fournier and then he's hitting that three-pointer. And the last thing is Coach Popovich, to be honest. I don't think there was much scouting done on the French team. They had mismatches on the court, which they didn't attack, which they didn't expose. And on defense, they just played 40 minutes switch all defense. Nothing changed. They had problems. France was feeding Gobert after mismatches. They were uh, getting some easy points from the paint. Coach Popovich takes a timeout, gets the players back to the court. Nothing changes. Switch all defense. Javel McGee came in, and I thought I was comment commentating, covering the game, and I thought, okay, so now they're going to change the defense system because they're with Javel McGee. No, they're switching. Two everything. minutes. They're switching. Two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes with Javel McGee. So really, it seemed to me like. They did not analyze the opponent. They are not that great right now so that they can allow themselves to be this arrogant, I believe. And we'll see how it goes uh, going, moving forward for Team USA. Of course, they're going to beat Iran, probably Czech Republic. But to be gold medalists, they need to put in more effort preparing for the game and also fighting on the court, I believe, hustling for the... 50-50 balls and all this sort of stuff. But the shooting, I don't think there will be more games like this when KD or Damian Lillard are missing open shots. Maybe Dame forgot his clock. There was no Dame time. Kevin took silly fouls. He was in foul trouble from the very beginning. So these are my, my takes on, on this game. Yeah, obviously, the, some of the players were tired coming from uh, the NBA Finals. Um, Booker, Middleton, uh holiday but anyways we'll talk about them uh, much more I guess um, Yorgos let's close the session with you and your impressions from the Australia Nigeria game this game is kind of important because both teams managed to beat USA in the exhibition games and it was kind of a physical and tough game what are your takes it was yes it was a physical and tough game uh, if we compare it for example to Uh, the today's encounter between uh, Slovenia and Argentina was a completely different game, of course. Um, I think that uh, Australia has have work to do heading into Wednesday clash uh, against Italy um, because their team is defensively focused and must take greater care of the ball. Uh, that's what I saw, at least. Against Australia, they missed... Uh, Nigeria missed the 17 threes and uh, 12 free throws um, in addition to committing 24 turnovers. That's quite a lot to handle for them. Um, I don't think uh, their pre-Olympic, the Nigeria, Nigeria's pre-Olympic performance reflects their true potential. Um, they essentially need to beat German to have a shot at going through, but that, that won't be easy for a group with little to no experience, I would say, in playing together. Uh, I think Nigeria is um, more or less an overrated team, um, if I could uh, express it this way. Um, Only two of the 15 pre-selected players were born and raised in Nigeria. Uh, two of them moved to the U.S. to play high school and college ball. Um, in all, the, their team had 13 American, Canadian, Australian citizens, of which seven are current or former NBA players. 
and I don't think this uh, this is um, uh, a reflection of the growth of basketball within Nigeria. Um, they have strength and depth in this in, in this position uh, with the Miami Heat trio: Gabe Vincent, Precious Achiuwa, and Tokwala on the roster, along with uh, Minnesota Timberwolves guard uh, Josh Okoye and Detroit Pistons center Jalil Okafor. Um, but uh, so far, they've uh, failed miserably, I would say. Um, in all previous competitions they, they played, uh, Tokyo marks their uh, third straight appearance um, at the Olympics. Um, and Nigeria haven't made it past the group stage um, in the past two editions. I don't know if this will be the time for them to do that. The group is very tough and it takes a lot of physicality and experience to get through. Uh, I'm not sure that that Nigerian roster, despite their quality, despite their uh, NBA caliber uh, talent, uh, will have what it takes to, to go through. Australia is another thing. Australia, uh, men's basketball team, is maybe the most successful outfit uh, never to have won an Olympic Games medal. Uh, they haven't finished fourth on um, four different occasions, in 88, 96, in 2000, 2016 as well. Um, they came in fourth at the 2019 World Cup as well. Um, and if there's one indisputable fact about international basketball, that's familiarity and time together, ensuring consistency at both ends of the floor. I think Australia has what it takes um, to aim higher. And as Joe Wingle said in Las Vegas, this unit has been building since the likes of uh, he, Paddy Mills, and uh, Madela Lavadova emerged in 2008-2009, I mean, about 15 years ago, and went on to establish a new culture. Yeah, um, we are close to the end, but let's remind uh, you that Italy won uh, against Germany, which was a really good uh, European brand of basketball, um, 92 to 82, but it was a full of runs game and Italy came back to uh, win against Germany in Group B, um, where Australia and Nigeria is there. In Group A, uh, Czech Republic won against Iran. Um, 84 to 78 and at group C uh, the game just finished uh, one hour ago Spain managed to beat Japan 88 to 77 but Japan tried to um, come back courageously so it was a nice game um, as well so um, that's all for round one of Olympic basketball action and thanks for watching uh, for more please visit basketnews.com and check out our YouTube channel and for audio content look for Basket News Talk on all audio platforms well guys um, Ritis and Yorgos Ritis Vishnievskas and Yorgos Kirekedis uh, thank you very much I myself Ulgar Kareja um, I hope to see you in the next um, video casts and uh, I hope we will have a very nice Olympic campaign ahead of us Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.